Good morning, everybody, and welcome to New Hope Church. We're so glad that you are joining us, whether here in person or online. We're so glad that you are with us. And so would you join us as we start off this day by praising the Lord? Would you stand with us as you praise the Lord for who he is?
city on a hill Surrender to your will Your glory on display Your glory on display Awesome in this place Jesus, you are awesome in this place Worthy to be praised Jesus, you are of grace consuming every space it's uncontainable you're coming like a flood our hearts are filling up all things are possible do we believe that yes we do all things are possible awesome in this place jesus you are awesome in this place worthy to be praised Jesus, you will be to be praised. You will be praised. You will be praised. Your praise. Your praise goes on and on forevermore. God, I, I'm excited. You know, right now we're going to transition into a time of tithes and offerings, and I love that we're doing it right here in the middle of worship because it's a reminder to us that as we give of our tithes and offerings, it is an act of worship. It's nothing separate than what we do, what we do here when we sing praises to our God. Giving of our tithes and our offerings is a continuation of that. It's an act that we get to do, and it says to the Lord, we worship you. We adore you, God. We put you first. It's a declaration of putting him first. And so if you're going to be giving this morning, there are different ways to do that. You can use our app, mail in your check, or go online. If you're here in the sanctuary, you have a unique opportunity. We have boxes in the back. And what I think is so cool about that is we have a time here during worship to make our way back there and present our offering before the Lord. So I want to encourage you guys, you have the freedom to do that as we continue to worship our King. 
If you would like to give that way, you can make your way back there and put your offering in the box. But this morning, as we give to the Lord, let's do so with this heart that just says, God, we adore you. We worship you. We're so grateful for you. We praise you. We honor you. So let's pray, family. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you that we get to continue to worship you through the giving of our finances. Thank you for always providing for us, for our every need before we even ask. Thank you that we get to be a part of what you're doing here on earth through our giving. That we get to be a part of advancing your kingdom. So God, this morning as we give, we declare that we put you first. We declare that we are yours. God, we worship you. God, we honor you. We adore you. And we love you so much, Lord. Have your way with our money. Do what only you can do. We offer it to you. We offer ourselves to you and our hearts to you this morning. Have your way. We love you, Lord. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to speak your name, Lord. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus till every dark addiction starts to break declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Your name is power Your name is healing Your name is love Break every stronghold Shine through the shadows Dream. 
just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Cause I know there is peace within his presence. I speak Jesus. Speak your name, Lord. We speak it over our lives. We call upon you. So Lord, let there be a refreshing of your spirit upon us today. Spirit sound, rushing wind, fire of God fall within. Holy Ghost, breathe on us, we pray. We repent, turn from sin, revival embers smoldering, breath of God, fan us into flame. Cause we need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out.
Lord, just like over 2,000 years ago, in a small room where believers are held together, that your spirit was poured out upon them. That there was a wind that blew throughout the house. That there was a fire that fell on the believers. That Lord, they started speaking in tongues, languages that they never even heard of. They had no idea what it was. We call that the day of Pentecost, but Lord, that day is still happening. That Lord, as we look at what's going on in our lives, maybe with our, our own selves, or maybe in our marriages, or maybe in our relationships, maybe with our children, our families, maybe in our communities, maybe in our workplace. Maybe when we take a look at what's happening in the world, Lord, we see that there's a world thirsty for you. That there are hearts and souls parched for the Holy Spirit. And maybe that's you right now. Maybe you're in this place. Maybe you're online. And maybe you're saying, Lord, I'm thirsty. And that, Lord, you are the living water. You're the one that can quench the thirst that we have. Lord, nothing in this world will do it. Only you. Maybe you're saying you need that right now. Jesus said, you ask and you shall receive. And so Lord, it is in your name that we want to continue to just cry this out. Lord, let your spirit be poured out over our lives, over our hearts, over our loved ones, over this community, over this world, Lord. That Holy Spirit, you are not dead, you are alive, and you're gonna start by us to show that you are alive. So Lord, we cry out. Let your spirit be poured out on the believers, let your spirit be poured out on your people. Let those revival embers not be smoked, but set a fire. Let's sing this out. Pour your spirit out. Your spirit out, pour 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 children, our community, the world, Lord. We need a fresh wind. We need a fresh wind. Fragrance of heaven. Pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. We need holy anointing. Power of your prayer. Continue to pour your spirit out upon us, Lord. Because we desperately need you. This world needs you. Pour your spirit out, Lord. So there is more and more and more of you. Father, this morning I pray, God, I pray that we would encounter the living God. Holy Spirit, I pray that we would come face to face with you this morning, that we would leave walking out knowing that we encountered you this morning. So pour your spirit out. Continue to pour your spirit out upon this place, God, that we may carry your spirit into the world. Father, we love you. We adore you. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you give God praise this morning? Come on, give him praise. Woo!
Well, welcome, church family. We are glad that you guys are here this morning with us, and we are glad that you are joining us online as well. You guys can go ahead and take your seats, throw some shakas as you sit down, throw some shakas up in the chat, let everyone know that you are there this morning. Well, I am excited to be here with you. We are continuing our series, Let There Be Light. Let There Be Light, and this morning, thanks, Joe, this morning, I get to talk about how do we keep our lamp burning? How do we keep our lamp burning? Now, as I thought about this, I immediately thought of fire. Fire, and um, I'll be real honest with you, I don't know too much about fire, (laughs) except the obvious, right? I don't know the the science behind it, I don't know any of that. I also do know what I see on uh, reality survival shows. Anybody else like reality TV fans? Just me? all liars. I know it. I know you watch them. <laughs> but um, anyway, that's all I know about fire, right? And so when I watch these survival shows and I watch them make fire from nothing, well, I hope, you know, it's reality TV. I don't know how much of it is true, right? But um, they make fire with just what is around them. And it seems to take them a long time to get the fire going. And once they get it going, like that's not the end of it right? They have to keep it going. So they have to keep finding things and keep making sure their fire doesn't go out because fire for them is a necessity. It's a necessity. They need it. They need it to stay warm. They need it to keep the bugs and the animals away. They need it to cook their food, to purify their water. They need the fire. I don't know about you, but if I was on a reality TV show, I'd probably meet Jesus real quick. Yeah, nobody gets that. I'd probably die, guys. I wouldn't be able to, to keep this fire going to help me live. And, um, but I was just thinking about that and how when it comes to this fire, it, there's this constant effort that has to be made to start it and to keep it. It's a constant effort, a constant working hard to maintain it. And that made me think of when we're trying to create new habits or maybe even learning something new, a new job, a new skill. I'm gonna let you in on how my thought process goes. We're just gonna go down some some rabbit trails for a little bit, but it made me think of working hard, right, to maintain something, so I thought of the gym, naturally. I don't go to the gym, but it just made me think about the gym, right? And so I was thinking about how when you're trying to get healthy and you're trying to get fit, like you can't just go once. You have to keep going, right? You can't go once. I can't just go and do some cardio, lift some weights, and like, bam, hello, summer body, I'm ready. Like, you know, like that does not work. I really, really wish it did. But it doesn't. It doesn't work that way, right? Or how about when we try and learn a new skill or we have a new job to learn? Earlier this year, I taught our six-year-old how to ride his bike without training wheels, right? My husband ditched me because I was the one that took off the training wheels on the bike. So he said, you're on your own. <laughs> like, you got to teach him. And I was like, all right, fine. So I'm, I'm like so determined to teach him, right? Let me tell you something about my son. Our oldest son, he will fall, and then he'll cry, and then he'll be done. I'm over it, I don't wanna do it anymore, we're done riding, like, riding our bike. So it took us a while to learn how to ride the bike, okay? And when he, when he screams, it's like this bloody murder kind of scream, right? So we're learning how to ride the two-wheeled bike, and I'm pushing him, I'm running behind him, whatever, I'm holding it, you know? Falls down, and he's screaming like somebody's trying to kill him. Surprised neighbors didn't come out and see what was happening, right? Now here he is, and he's on the ground screaming, bike's like kinda on top of him, and <laughs> And I ask him, well, is there blood? (laughs) No. Well, get up. Get up. Pick up your bike. Let's go again. Come on. Right? I'm like, you're good. Let's go. Get up. And then, (laughs) I know, I'm I'm so good. And um, when there is blood, though, okay, I have compassion somewhat. When there's blood, I'm looking at him, making sure we're not dying, right? And, but this is what I'll ask him. There has to be some follow-up questions if he answers yes to, are you bleeding, right? Are you bleeding? Yes. Okay. Is it broken? No. Do we have to go to the hospital? Do they need to cut it off? And you have to, like, make this really concerned face, right? Because you're so concerned about what just happened because it's his life. And so do we need to, do they need to cut it off? No. All right, get back up. Let's go again. Let's learn how to ride your bike. And um, this went on for a while. 
I know I'm such a good parent, parent of the year right here. Uh, he learned how to ride his bike, guys, okay? Just in case you were wondering, we learned how, we got through it. He learned how, he loves it, he's great at it. Um, but as I was thinking about this, all these things, I say all of that, all these things have something in common. Building a fire, keeping it going, creating new habits, learning something new, they all have something in common. It takes time, it takes effort, it takes a lot of work. And it takes a lot of intentionality. It takes a lot of intentionality in it. You can, if you're taking notes with us, you can write that in as your first point. Be intentional. Be intentional. Now, before I unpack this a little, I want to take us through a few verses in the book of Matthew. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, if you have your Bibles. Um, but before we jump in, because we're going to jump in right in the middle, I'm going to kind of explain to you what's going on so you're not lost. Uh, this is one of Jesus' most famous discourses throughout the Bible. This is called the Sermon on the Mount. And so Jesus is talking to his disciples, okay? So he's talking to people that believe him, people that follow him. He's talking to Christians, and he's telling them how to live their life. And so I want us to keep that in mind because this morning, if you call yourself a believer, then what we're going to talk about, what we're going to unpack, is really for us as well. And so we're going to jump in in verse 14, and it says this, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, and neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Now, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, when Jesus says, you are the light of the world, can I just tell you that he's not challenging them to become the light of the world? He's telling them who they are. He's telling them who he created them to be. He created them to be the light of the world. He created us to be the light of the world. Now catch this, here's something we need to pay attention to, is as Jesus is working on earth, as he is on earth, he calls himself the light of the world. He refers to himself as the light of the world. Now if Jesus refers to himself as the light of the world and he's telling his disciples that you are the light of the world, well then that is a heavy calling that we have. That's a huge responsibility that we have as believers. We cannot uphold this responsibility to be the light of the world if we're not intentional in doing so. We have to be intentional. We have to be intentional. So what do we need to be intentional in? Right, all that to say it begs the question, what do we need to be intentional in? We need to be intentional in cultivating our relationship with Jesus in cultivating our relationship with Jesus. Now, think about any relationship, your friends, your family, your coworkers, your neighbors. Any good relationship takes time, right? It takes time, it takes an effort, you're constantly investing into it, you're constantly sowing into it, and every relationship is different. I invest into my marriage differently than I invest in my relationship with my friends. I invest in my relationship differently with my coworkers than I do with my neighbors. Every relationship is different, every person is different. And so when it comes to being intentional and cultivating our relationship with Jesus, it is gonna look different for each of us. So I'm not gonna stand up here and tell you that you have to do this, 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 and this. I can give you some good building blocks and good foundation, but it is going to be different for everyone. You know, the more you spend time with people, the more you start to talk like them or act like them, right? You pick up your phone, even though your phone, I know it tells you who it is, but like, if it doesn't, you can tell who it is by their voice because you know them, right? Or what about when you're about to do something dumb? Yeah, can you hear your mom say like, mm, I wouldn't do that. I didn't raise you that way, right? Or can you hear your spouse or your significant other like, for real? That's what you want to do? Okay. This is like the precursor to I told you so, right? <laughs> but you can hear them in your head because you know what they sound like, because you spent time with them. You can anticipate what they are going to say, how they're going to respond, how they're going to react. You can anticipate all of that because you've spent time with them. The same thing is with Jesus. If we are called to be the light of the world, if we're going to look like the light of the world, we better be spending time with the light of the world. 
We have to get to know him. We have to know what he's like, what he does, what he sounds like, how he responds to people, how he reacts to people. And there's good ways to do that, right? There's great ways to do that. Worship, praying, which is talking to him, right? Or coming to church and being around a group of believers who are like-minded, people who can encourage you, people who can love on you, but also people who will call you out on your stuff because we need that, right? Or reading the Bible. That's one of the biggest ways for us to get to know him because the Bible isn't just advice for us that tells us how to live or tells us who we are. The Bible tells us who he is. It's his love story. It's all about him when we read the Bible. We're reading it to find out who he is and what he's like. In doing so, yeah, we find out about ourselves. But it's so we get to know him. So we get to know him. Now, like I said, everyone is gonna be different and I'm not gonna tell you, well, you need to, you need to be praying this many hours and you need to read your Bible this many times a day because everyone's different. Everyone's different, right? Like some people like to go out and they like to enjoy God in, in his creation, in the ocean or hiking. Some people like to sing worship in the car and that's where they're the closest to Jesus and some people like to sit at their dining room table drinking coffee and reading their Bible at 5 a.m. in the morning. Personally, that's, that's not me. My eyes are barely open at 5 a.m. in the morning. But I'm also Asian, so my eyes are barely open all the time. You know, like, but I'm just saying, like, that's a little early, okay? But it works for some people. It works. It works for some people. It doesn't work for me. So you'll never see me reading my Bible at 5 a.m. Um, and that's fine. And that's fine, right? Because it's just even like marriages or dating relationships, what works for some people and how they cultivate that relationship, that marriage, is not gonna work for everybody, right? It's not gonna work for everybody. Some people, you know, get the flowers and the, the fancy dinner and the stargazing on Mauna Kea, whatever. Like, it doesn't work for everyone. How you sow and invest into your marriage is different than how I will sow and invest into my marriage. It's different for everyone. The relationships are different for everyone, but we need to be intentional in cultivating those relationships. And I'll tell you why, is because it doesn't naturally happen. If I'm not intentional in pouring into my marriage or into any relationship that I have, my relationship with Jesus, nothing's gonna happen. Being intentional, keeping our light burning that's only my responsibility. I can only keep my light burning. I can't keep my husband's light burning. I can't keep my kid's light burning. I can keep mine. That is my responsibility. And that's why I have to be intentional in making sure that I cultivate that relationship with Jesus so that my light keeps burning. And this is important to keep our light burning. How many of you have been looking um, on the news or in social media and seeing what's going on around the world. Would you agree that we're in pretty crazy and dark times? Yeah. It's so important for us to keep our light burning because this world desperately needs the light. With everything that's going on in our world, they desperately need the light of Jesus. Desperately. Think about light for a second, right? Pastor Sheldon talked about this a little last week. When you turn on the light in the room, what happens? Darkness is gone. Darkness is gone. You can see all the roaches scatter, right? So if you're like me, turn on all the lights. Like, I'm not stepping on one of those things, right? Let them go. So, like, the light illuminates and it exposes things. We need the light. The world needs the light, because the light of Jesus is what is gonna guide this world through the darkness. The light of Jesus will guide people who don't yet know him to him. The light of Jesus will bring peace. It'll bring comfort and safety and security. And it'll bring hope. Hope to a world that so desperately needs it. And that light is you. You are the light of the world. 
You are that hope. You are the peace. You are the comfort. You are the safety, the security. You are the light of the world, the light that this world needs. Now, as we are intentional in cultivating our relationship with Jesus, something naturally happens as we begin to imitate him. The more we spend time with him, the more we learn about him, the more we're around him, we become like him. We imitate him. Now, those of you with little kids or grandkids, you know this well. They're like sponges, right? They just soak everything up. My kids are six and under, and um, when they, they tend to not listen, okay? So um, when they don't listen to me, I find myself, again, parent of the year right here, um, I find myself telling them, did you hear me? What did I say? Right? Of course, with the attitude, that's how it works. And so um, that's what I say to them, right? And then <laughs> they repeat it back to me, and I'm like, okay, then you should be doing it. And uh, every now and then, I'll hear my six-year-old talk to his brothers. What did I say? Oh, snap. <laughs> like, oh, dang. <laughs> and at first, like, I laugh because it's kind of funny because he does it with the attitude and everything, right? But, but then... I'm like, oh, oh no. What am I teaching him? What is he imitating? What are they imitating that I'm doing? And if I can ask us an honest question this morning, are we imitating the light of the world? Are we imitating Jesus so that other people can copy that, so that other people can follow that? Because if we're not, then we're imitating the world and we can't be the light of the world if we look like the darkness in the world. We have to be different. We have to be the light and not the darkness. We have to imitate Jesus and not imitating the world. And you might be thinking, oh, Lindsay, that's, that's great in theory. What does that look like practically? What does it look like to imitate Jesus? That's a great question. Because if we're not imitating Jesus, if we are not looking like him and being the light, we're robbing the world of what it so desperately needs. So what does it practically look like for me to imitate Jesus, right? I mean, I can't walk on water, right? I can't turn water into wine. I can't spit in the dirt and make mud and like put it on some blind person and be like, bam, now you can see. Like I can't, but could you imagine if we tried that? Like, oh, you got eye problems? Bro, I got you. And you're like spit in the dirt, right? And you make mud and you're like, bam! I'm pretty sure we get a bam to the face, right? <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure, like, what are you doing? So I get it. it maybe it's not going to look exactly like Jesus. But here's what I can tell you. In everything that I've read about Jesus in the Bible and everything that I've seen in the way that he talks to people, in the way that he responds and acts to people, here's what I know. Is he loves people and he serves people. He loves and he serves people. That's what it looks like to imitate Jesus. Love and serve. Love and serve. Sorry, and that's your second point is imitate Jesus. But that's what it looks like. It looks like loving and serving people. Think about it. Jesus was, is the king. He's the king of the earth. He could have had people serving him left and right. Like, bro, I'm the king. Bring me grapes and, like, fan me with leaves and, like, you know, all these things. Like, he could have done that. And he would have rightly so, like, deserved it. He's the king. But he didn't. He loved and served people. He was the greatest servant of all. He would do the lowest of lows, the dirtiest of dirtiest jobs for people. People that they had hired servants to do, washing feet, cleaning feet. He would do that. Jesus was the biggest servant of all. So imitating Jesus, guess what? We gotta be the biggest servants of all. Loving and serving people. That's what it looks like. Now I get that this is a huge responsibility. And I get that we might get tired doing it. Because if I'm super honest, sometimes serving people isn't fun. Serving people is tiring especially if I'm tired and I come home, I want someone to serve me. I mean, I'm gonna be honest, right? <laughs> like, I want someone to serve me. But I'm called to serve. 
I'm called to love. I'm called to serve people. And so it can be tough, and I get it. But can I tell you this? Remember in the beginning when I said that we are the light of the world and that Jesus gave himself that same title? Yes, it is a huge responsibility, but it is one of the greatest honors we have. It is one of the greatest privileges we have, and here's why. If he's gonna call us the light of the world, and that means he trusts us to carry his title. He trusts us enough to carry on and do what he's doing. He trusts us, he believes in us that we can do what he's doing, that we can serve people the way that he serves people, that we can be the light the way that he is the light. He believes and he trusts us enough to do it that that's what he calls us. We are the light. We are the light of the world. And the cool thing is that he empowers us to be his light. He empowers us to do it. Because I get it, it's a big task. I know. But he empowers us, which is so cool. He empowers us to be his servants, to be the light. Now I'm going to close with this. I don't know how many of you are, are like me. <laughs> of the year. No, I'm just kidding. But um, um, when it, sometimes when it comes to doing things all the time, the same things all the time, I get tired, you know? And I get tired and I get weary and I lose sight of the purpose. When it comes to cultivating our relationship with Jesus, sometimes it's going to feel mundane. Sometimes it's going to feel like we're just doing it to do it because this is what we do. We're Christians. This is what we're supposed to do. And we're going to get tired. So what I want to do is I want to give us the purpose. Because when we can keep that purpose in the forefront, it'll help us to keep going. It'll help us to continue to be the light in this world. A lot of times when I get tired, I forget the purpose, but I also want to quit. I don't know if you guys have ever been there, but I get tired and I forget and I'm just, I'm done. So when we can keep the purpose in the forefront of our mind, it helps us to keep going. So for the purpose of why we keep our lamp burning, why it's so important, we're going to go back into the scriptures we just read. We're going to read verse 16. It says this, In the same way, let your light shine before other, others that they may see your good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. Now that term, in the same way, is referring to verse 15, where he talks about we don't take a lamp and put a bowl over it to cover it, you take a lamp and you put it on a light stand to let the light shine so that people will see this light. That's what we do with the lamp. And here Jesus is saying, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That is your last point, is it is all about him. It's all about him. We don't love and serve people so that we get the glory, so that we get brownie points at church or in heaven or whatever. We love and serve people so that people will see God. We don't do it so that people say, oh, she's so holy, or look at him, he's so amazing. No, we love and serve people so that they will see Jesus, especially the ones that don't know him especially the ones that don't know him, when they see how you love them, when they see how you serve them, even when you don't want to or even if you don't like them so much, but you're still choosing to serve them, you're still choosing to love them, they're gonna see that. And they may not know it, but they're seeing Jesus. They will see God in you through what you do, even if they will never ever set foot in this church they can still see him. You can still be the light on the earth, the light to the world, even if they'll never come in here. I get it, it's a great, it's a huge responsibility and sometimes we're gonna mess up, sometimes we're not gonna wanna do it. I get it, we're human, that's okay. But guys, check this out, we get to be the light of the world, we get to partner with God
to do his work on earth. We get to be a part of people coming to know Jesus because we are loving and serving them. We get to be a part of that. And that's one of the coolest things that we get to do. It's gonna take effort, it is. It's okay if we fall short. It's okay if it gets tough. Because he's there. He's the ultimate light. And when we love and serve people and they see God, that's it. That's it. That's, that's what we're called to do. We get to be a light to this world. And I love that, especially now. In a time where we feel like the world is so dark and it's crazy and it's scary, guess what, guys? We get to be the light. We get to be people that bring hope. We get to be people that bring peace. We get to be people that bring comfort. We get to be people that bring safety and security to other people. We get to be that because he calls us the light of the world, just like he is the light of the world. Let's go out. Let's give this world what it needs. Amen? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you are the light of the world. Thank you for the honor and the privilege it is that you would call us the light of the world, that you would call us your children the light of the world. Father, thank you that in this time of darkness in our world, in the world around us, that that you would use us to be your light, that you would use us to bring hope, that you would use us to bring safety and security, God, that you would use us to guide people, Lord, that you would use us to bring peace. Father, empower us to do that. Help us to cultivate our relationships with you so that our lights will keep burning, so that we would continue to be the light in this world. Thank you, God, that we get to be a part of that. Thank you for the privilege, Lord, and the honor that that is. God, we pray that as we love and as we serve people, that they wouldn't see us God, that they would see you, that they would be led to you, that they would be directed to you, and that you would get all the glory and honor. Father, we love you. Thank you for choosing us to be your light. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.